Thank you so much. Uh, the worship team here at Kinmundi uh, is, they help so much in, in ushering us into the kingdom of God, into his presence, and uh, we, we've been blessed. Uh, we, we are blessed. And uh, thank you again for, for being a part of this this morning. The uh, sermon series right now is God with us. And as I've been uh, thinking about that over the course of the last several months, actually, Josh had asked me to um, fill in for him while he was on his trip uh, back in, in uh, latter part of, or latter part of August. And so as I've been thinking about that over the, the past several months, I, I got to thinking about how God is with us in the valley. Because in the valley, we do get to see things a little bit differently than we would on the mountaintops. And you, and you know what that's like. You've, you've seen God differently from the mountaintop than you would in the valley. And the mountaintops, I mean, those are great experiences. That, and we love those. But, but we do get to see a, a, a different aspect of our relationship with God from the valley. The mountaintops could be a, a job promotion, it could be a, a family wedding, it could be your own wedding, it could be the birth of a, a, a baby, it could be um, developing relationship, it could be a variety, so many variety of things, but you also know what those valleys sometimes look like. It could be a job loss. It could be... Um, maybe some poor financial decisions. It, it could be a, a relationship that has deteriorated. It could be health concerns or issues that maybe you're personally experiencing or maybe somebody that you love, that you know what the valleys look like. One of those experiences uh, happened for us. Gayla and I, uh, we met in Bible college and one of the... Um, things that we got to do uh, when we were in school was we were involved in some uh, summer mission internships. Uh, she got the tough gig of being in Jamaica um, for 12 weeks. I was in Oklahoma. And um, so she worked in an orphanage and, and helped with uh, some children's ministry type things in Jamaica, Kingston area. Um, when we got back together after uh, the summer was done, um, we were telling stories about uh, our experiences, and she said, oh, Todd, one of these days. Now, we'd been dating for probably a couple, three years at this point, I, and I pretty much decided if I could get the money together, this is the one. Um, but, but she had said, oh, Todd, one of these days, I want to have one of those black babies. And me and all the sensitivity that I could have as a, a very young man, I said, well, I'll do the best that I can. <laughs> when um, we did get married, and then um, about four years later, um, as we were experiencing the mountaintop of our firstborn, uh, Kale, and uh, was... Uh, November 24th, uh, 1992. We'd already been at the hospital for a couple of days, it seemed like. And the uh, mountaintop experience of being a new dad and uh, 
uh, for Gayla to be the new mom, and, and our families were excited. Uh, we didn't have family in the area. We were doing ministry in Oklahoma at that time, and um, we developed relationships with others uh, in the area ministries uh, around the, uh, the four-state area there. And um, after a couple of days there being at the hospital, it was time to do some things. And so they went through all the protocols that they knew to do and, and everything, and they decided, you know, we're, we're just going to go ahead and um, we need to take an x-ray. All right. So they did that. They found out that Kale, and I, sorry, ladies, I don't understand. I grew up with brothers, so I don't know things. And uh, Kale was one, he wasn't breached, but he was either up, right side up or upside down, whatever way it was. And, and it was determined by Dr. Dan, who had grown up in the ministry that I was involved with. His, his uh, folks were staff members. He had gone to medical school, came back, and he was the doctor for the ministry we were involved with, Dr. Dan Pummel, great guy. And uh, he said, you know what we're going to do? I, I think we need to uh, just go ahead and do a C-section um, rather than deliver natural. We said, okay. We were hoping for the other, but all right. So we went ahead and did that and got ready for that and did that. As we're experiencing all that, uh, Kill is born Let's out a scream. Uh, Gala is crying. I'm crying. We're we're so ecstatic about uh, him being in our lives now and all that type of thing. The nurses get him together. Um, they usher me out, and, and he and I head off to the nursery there in um, Salem Springs, Arkansas, at the hospital there. Um, about 20 minutes later, um, Doctor Dan comes out, and he says. Um, there's there's been some problems, and he explained to me that um, they were having a hard time uh, getting the bleeding under control. Um, in about ten more minutes, uh, a new doctor had arrived that looked like Doogie Hauser's younger brother, <laughs> and uh, the two of them got to work. And it's called, uh, what, what ended up happening was called placenta accreta. And it's where the placenta grows through the uterine wall. And so as um, they were getting her cleaned up, um, it was, she was bleeding. And the likelihood, had she delivered naturally, um, they would have been pulling her apart from the inside out. And she would have died. And, and so uh, the mountaintop experience of I'm a dad to good gravy. I'm coming out of here a widower um, and a single dad, possibly. Have you had some of those type of experiences? Again, it could have been some type of a job loss. It could have been some type of a relationship thing. It could have been um, a health concern. For you or somebody else, you 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 know what I'm talking about, and maybe even wondered, is God really with us? Is God really with us? In fact, as um, my mother-in-law was there, she, um, uh, Doctor Dan, had come out at that first 20-minute um, 
saying, and, and then again at the 30 minute mark, and he had said um, what they were gonna need to do. So you had to have an emergency hysterectomy and um, those types of things uh, needed to take place and it was gonna need to take place now. So he went ahead and, and started, uh, or got, was getting ready to do that. My mother-in-law is talking to him and I and, and um, he says, I'm gonna need to, to do an emergency hysterectomy. And uh, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, sweet, sweet gal, Zeanne Hopkins, um, I can say this now, even online, because she's been dead for a few years now. Um, but she, she said, oh, this is going to kill Gala, because she had hopes of a, a large family. Dr. Dad, this is what, what made him cool. He says, I'm not so for sure, Mrs. Hopkins, that, that you're talking about the same Gala I know. I, I, I don't know that. I wouldn't think that this would be the case. So we went from that. I called who I knew to call, one of my buddies who was in ministry in Arkansas, and I called him, and this is in the middle of the night, and I called, I said, Gala, there's, there's been some problems, um, and this is before cell phones, or anything. I had a pay phone. I, I called Robert, and I said, um, Gala is having problems. Um, we're at the hospital in, in Arkansas, uh, Silent Springs, Arkansas. I got to go click. That's all I could leave of uh, a, a message. Um, he didn't even hear it. His wife heard the phone ring and then heard the message and they got up and came like many of you would do and have done. To make a long story again, even longer, the, um, one of the great the stories about all that was Robert and Patty were coming and they're, um, as, as they're on their way, their fan belt busted. They're off in Northwest Arkansas someplace on their way to us in Salem Springs. And um, he is kind of a MacGyver type and, and he said, hey, would, um, are you wearing pantyhose right now? This is like three in the morning. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, can you slide out of those? And he made a fan belt out of her pantyhose at three o'clock in the morning, got to the hospital. There you go, guys. That's your handy tip for today. <laughs> you can do it. Um, I'm so glad they were there. Our dearest friends. In fact, those are the folks that should something happen to Gail or I, we're going to get Kale. You've been on a mountaintop, and as well, you've been through a valley. God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus came by God's design, not only for the mountaintops, but for us through the valley. In your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm 84. We're going to be looking at that particular psalm, and again, another favorite uh, a little later. But Psalm chapter 80, or not chapter, Psalm 84, starting in verse 1, reads like this. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns 
even faints for the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, they are ever, forever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage. There's this aspect of reality. You know what the mountaintop is like. You know what the valleys are like as well. So you know that we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we do really get to know him in a different way when we're going in the valley. And if your life is, is experiencing nothing but mountaintops, that's great. But there will be a valley. And what I want for you is to have what you need to have through Christ so that you can experience God with us even through the valley. Even through the valley. As we continue in that passage in Psalm 84, starting in verse six, it reads like this. As they pass through the valley of Bacah, they make it a place of springs. The, autumn's rain, all, the autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. I got to reading a little bit about this, this uh, aspect of Bacah, this valley of Bacah. What, what is that? It was an incredibly unsafe environment. It was not a, a good place to be. It was, uh, there were potential, uh, not only from harsh weather elements, but also from uh, physical elements from, I mean, you could easily be uh, abducted, stabbed, robbed, uh, left for dead in, in the valley of Bacah. It, it was that type of thing. There, there were not good things that typically happened in the valley of Bacah. And that is the reality is that we have an opportunity to go through, the way is through the valley, not out of the valley. Sometimes we, oh Lord, just remove this, or God, remove this, this pain or this valley experience, remove these things and, and everything's gonna be great. That's, that's not typically how, how it happens. We have the opportunity to go through the valley not out of the valley. Someday we will be out of the valley. But what we learn through the valley defines us. There is um, not only this element of, of being through and, and going in and out of the valley, but um, what they would often do if they were caught in, in a valley experience, particularly this valley because, because of the harsh elements, the, the desert type, environment there, um, if they could, they would, they would try to, to dig a well because that was what was going to provide them physical health. They needed water. And in that environment, it was not uncommon for there to be days and days, weeks and weeks without water. But they would, in an aspect of faith and an aspect of hope, they would dig a well. And so if you dig it, he will fill it. 
That's the reality. You've experienced that as well. You've, you've taken steps of faith, not necessarily knowing where that step is going to lead you, but you know that your God is bigger than that valley experience that you're in right now or that you've been in. You know that he will fill that. So what I would encourage you to do is make a well and prepare for his presence. Make a well and prepare for his presence. It may be filled soon. It may be filled a little later or maybe years down the road. But make a well and prepare for his presence. There is a psalm that is typically read during what many consider a valley experience. Psalm 23 is, has touched and been a salve to so many hurts over the generations. There have been times when that particular psalm has, has just meant so, so much. So what I would like you to do this morning is read that with me. We'll be reading out of the NIV. The words are on the screen, but it reads like this. The Lord, this is where you, this is the reading part with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is somebody that David probably wrote that psalm who had dug a well. And he was expecting out of that well to come words like you just read. You have been through valleys. You may even right now be going through a valley experience. Don't dismiss it too quickly. Don't distrust that that experience, that maybe God is, is not with you any longer. That is not true. He is. He is with you. He loves you. But what I also know is God rarely reveals himself to people who are rushed. If you're going so quickly in your life that you're not taking time to dig wells, that you're not taking time to realize who God is and what he's done and reflect about on that, then you're, you're maybe missing some things that, that are incredibly important that will help you not only get out of the valley, but also to experience the mountaintop. He also says, be still 
and know that I am God. I've got family now that um, are pretty wound up a lot of the time. Um, they, they can be, in fact, um, my youngest son, um, he's, he's working a night shift now over in Flora, and so he's um, up during uh, the latter part of the afternoon and, and through the evening, and it is funny, we, he, his room is in the basement, and um, there have been many times even this past week, um, I go down there, and he's moved his mirror from his room into the living or into that basement, bigger room what we have down there. And he is dancing by himself in that room. There's no music going on. <laughs> he is doing that himself. Um, he is... Um, it, it, it's kind of hard for him to sit still. And, and he, he, but I would encourage you, you have got to be still. Because when we are still, we have the opportunity to know. We can know. Because we're not so rushed, we have the opportunity to see God and what he's doing. And sometimes it takes maybe moments or days, sometimes weeks, years, decades. The hope that we have is that he promised that we would never have to go through the valley by ourselves. That's the reality of this passage or these two passages that we've looked at so far this morning, that we don't have to go through life on our own. That's part of the fabric or the DNA of this church family. We we don't do life alone here. You're a part of that. You, you've seen that. You've gotten to experience that. That is true because of what God says in his word. We have the opportunity to not just be by ourselves in those valley experiences. Robert and Patty came middle of the night. We had several others. Another uh, dear friend of ours stayed with me for three days uh, as Gail was in the hospital back then. Um, he didn't. He didn't leave. He he was there the whole time. We did nothing, <laughs> but he was there with me. I I so needed that. I've got some pi uh, pictures to show you now of not only maybe some mountain experiences, but how we've gotten through the valley. This is our kids. Uh, Cale is on the left there. He's in the role of Joseph in our family Christmas picture. Um, Kylie, uh, we adopted her at birth. She's uh, doing Mary. Uh, Cade, our youngest son, um, he's the angel in the middle there. Uh, I showed this picture to somebody else. How is he? Um, somebody thought we hung him on the gate. Um, but he's actually standing on a chair back there. Uh, the year before, he was in the role that Chloe is. Chloe's uh, filling in for Jesus uh, as a Jesus figure there. Uh, but Cade was the Jesus figure the year before because of his age, and we didn't need have to have an angel there um, for the family picture. But this this was uh, how God has somewhat gotten us through the valley. I don't know if you've noticed anything there. Or you've seen my family here as we worship here at the church. Um, 
the Valley experience that we had um, from, from there, uh, from, from when Kale was born, and the, uh, what we got to experience through all of that, I probably would have never considered what God had in mind had something like that not happened. Um, and, and here we are, we've adopted you know, three additional children, all from birth. Um, the two girls are actually half-sisters, their um, mom, their birth mom. Uh, we maintain a relationship. We still are connected with her. Um, and there was a season where maybe we were her only friends. Uh, Kate's birth mom was 13 years old when he was born. And uh, so we had opportunity to meet um, some of the extended family there. Um, but this is a mountaintop experience. Let me show you another picture. This uh, is Kale now. He's in the middle. He's six foot seven. Um, the good looking gal next to me, I'll keep. Um, that's Gala. Uh, our new daughter in law, Emily, uh, they were married. Uh, just this past summer in July. Chloe, our youngest daughter, is there next to Kale, and then Kylie, and then Cade. One of those things, I don't know if you remember me saying earlier in, this, in the message, was um, Gayla saying, oh, Todd, one of these days. And I was joking around, goofing around, yeah, whatever, uh, do my best. God brought that about. I would have never figured that out on my own. The valleys, as difficult and as tough as they might be, there is a reason and a point for them. And that is to show you that God is with us. God is with you. God is with you. We have a hope. In that last passage, part of Psalm, verse, or yeah, verse eight, it reads like this: "Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God." Then dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Not, no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. What I would encourage you to do, not only because you have experienced mountaintops or want to experience mountaintops, but you have probably gotten to experience valleys. You may be in a valley now. You have seen over here in this baptistry what has been happening even this week on the mountaintops. I mentioned earlier there may be somebody here that needs to get to a mountaintop pretty quick. You may be in a valley right now. We want to help. Because of what God's word says, we don't want you to remain there. We want to be with you through that. 
because his name is Emmanuel, God with us. He has never left you and he will never forsake you. Would you stand? During this song, you have the opportunity to to make a move. It's your turn maybe to walk. That, That could seem like a valley for you. We want you to do what God is leading you to do and follow faithfully. If it's baptism, we want to be a part of that. If it's naming this church family as your your home, we're more than thrilled to be a part of that as well. If you need somebody to pray with you as you're maybe in a valley, I'm going to ask elders right now who are here in this room, would you guys please come forward? They're going to be up here to pray with you should you need that. Should you want that? Maybe you've got, again, something to celebrate, but we want you to know that these guys, and actually I'm going to ask their wives too, would you please come? Because it may be more comfortable for some of the the gals to to come and and pray with with the gals. Um, We want you to realize how big our God is. As Jeremy and the worship team lead this, this song, God is so, so good. He is with us.